Let's take a journey back to 2003. Canadian teen sensation Avril Lavigne was topping the charts and turning the music industry upside down. But what if I told you that the Avril Lavigne we know and love might not be the same Avril? What? Did Avril die? Was she replaced by a doppelganger? I'm Joanne McNally and I'm doing a deep dive into a notorious internet conspiracy. Who replaced Avril Lavigne? Listen wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC podcast. This podcast is an extended version of The Debaters, which may contain more mature themes. To stream the radio-friendly version of this episode, download the CBC Listen app or go to cbc.ca slash thedebaters. And thanks for listening to the CBC. Hey, Canada, we're going to make you laugh come hill or high water. From the home of Parliament Hill, Ottawa, Ontario, it's the debater. The debaters where comedians fight with facts and funny in this audience. It's the winner. Now here's a man who's always hilarious. Patterson. Hey, thanks, Graham Clark. Hello, Canada, and welcome back to the debaters. We're here in our nation's capital, Ottawa, a place where it seems people are endlessly running for office. (laughs) Speaking of which, your current mayor, Mark Sutcliffe, regularly runs marathons. True story. The most recent one he ran was in Berlin, and Berlin is a great city to run a marathon in because runners never hit the wall. (laughs) Mayor Sutcliffe has actually completed 40 marathons since 2004, which sounds impressive, but if me chasing my four-year-old daughter around the house counts, I've run almost 40 marathons this month alone. (laughs) So there, Mr. Mayor. Time now to meet two debaters that we know you'll love in the long run. (laughs) This comic likes to lounge in their Lazy Boy and listen to Ein Recliner Nacht Musik. (laughs) It's Deanne Smith, everybody. Deanne Smith. There's Deanne, my friend, and one of our favorites. And this comic thinks a documentary about Ringo Starr should be called Drum and Drummer. It's Montreal's David Pride! (laughs) David Pride! Your topic is one that hopes to change your mind. Coins. Are they superior to bills? Now, I have to remain neutral on this. But you might be here in the audience thinking, who still uses coins and bills these days, boomer? (laughs) Because you bought your tickets online and paid for parking using an app. Well, first of all, I'm Gen X, so shut up! (laughs) Secondly, I'd like to remind you that we are heard on CBC Radio. (laughs) Huh? And that demographic is still slipping $2 bills inside every birthday card. (laughs) Time now for a debate that we think will be on the money. So, whereas they're more durable, harder to counterfeit, and easier to use, be it resolved, coins are superior to bills. Deanne, you're arguing for this, please. You have two minutes. Starting now, 
Deanne Smith. We all know that coins are the currency of magic, whimsy, and wishes. Bills? Bills even sound negative. Bills remind me of the electric bill, the gas bill, and my dad, Bill Smith. <laughs> when I asked him for help with this, he said, how does a cereal pay its bills? With checks. <laughs> Exactly. Bills are overrated and not that useful. <laughs> Coins are fun. Coins are used in slot machines, the laundromat, wishing wells. You can't wish on a bill. Try staring into the steely eyes of Queen Elizabeth II and wishing for anything other than the monarchy to confront its violent colonial past. <laughs> about your happiness, but the loon, the caribou, and especially the beaver, they want your dreams to come true. <laughs> Coins are the currency of the little guy. We're living through an obscene inequality crisis with wealth concentrated in the hands of a powerful few. Us little guys need a world where coins still mean something. Even if it's just tossing one into a fountain and wishing for Elon Musk to take a one-way trip to Mars. <laughs> How about the phrase, a penny for your thoughts? Sure, it's now a nickel minimum, but still. <laughs> Without coins, what's the alternative? Five dollars for your thoughts. <laughs> That's aggressive. That sounds like it's gonna involve a contract, lawyers, and an NDA. <laughs> My thoughts aren't worth $5. Right now, I'm just thinking about how weird it is that people still get married, like knowing the statistics. <laughs> how does anyone get married knowing there's a 50-50 chance we're all living in a simulation and none of this is real? <laughs> Baffling. Anyway. We need coins, and only rich guys in suits. <laughs> My opponent is wearing a suit. Think we don't. Thank you. Deanne Smith with a logical, and I would argue also romantic argument on behalf of coins. Now, here to tell us why there's a reason they're called billionaires, not coinionaires. Let's hear from the comedy rich, David Pride. Thank you. Coins, uh, they're the Shawshank inmates of legal tender. <laughs> Looking to tunnel through pocket linings and and wallets to escape to freedom. Car seats, sofas, anywhere you sit down is an opportunity for the shiny little fugitive <laughs> bastards to <laughs> make a break for it. <laughs> I was late for a job interview once, and, and uh, as soon as I, I broke into a jog to get to my appointment on time, I could hear, I, I could just hear this, this faint little, yeah, that's right, dislodged coins rioting in my pants. <laughs> Yeah, I just, I ignored it until I, I got to the interview and I walked in and, and, and I sat down, plopped down in the chair. 
all over the floor. I looked like an idiot, and that casino did not hire me. <laughs> Bills are light, uh, they're portable, and, and they're pretty, you know? They have actual faces on them, not, not profiles like coins do. Like, why, why is Queen Elizabeth facing sideways like she's getting a mugshot for drunken disorderly? <laughs> Come on, you need a portrait, right? You know, if kids could not see Sir John A. Macdonald's full features, how would they know what statues to pull down? <laughs> you know, um, uh, cashiers at, at the supermarket uh, have many reasons to look sad. But I don't know if you noticed, they, they look especially, especially sad when they run out of change and they're forced to, to reach for the roll of coins and, and just burst it, burst it open like a dead fly's stomach birthing maggots. <laughs> disgusting. And it's sad. You mentioned slot machines. Yeah, you notice no jackpot winner at the slots ever decides to forego the cashier's cage, right? To exchange the money. No one's ever like, nah, I'm good hauling this bucket. <laughs> no, you, you switch to bills, right? Because that flat screen TV that you're eyeing isn't in a vending machine. <laughs> With every new dollar coin that Canada comes up with, you know, the country always goes nuts trying to, oh, what should we name it? What should we, oh, we had the loony, but this is twice as much. Let's call it a toonie. <laughs> wow. Yeah, you know, you know that we're just setting ourselves up for a $5 Mulrooney. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We don't want, try flipping that sucker. Like, call it in the air, chins or tails. <laughs> Thank you. David Pride, the Pride of Montreal. And it's time now for the bare knuckle round. We're debating whether coins are superior to bills. So the dime has come <laughs> to start bullying your opponent. Bullying. It's a, look it up. <laughs> start bullying your opponent until they're down on their two knees. Give your opponent no quarter, because, to coin a phrase, fortune favors the brave. So what the buck are you two waiting for? Show me the funny, now! Yeah, Deanne, you mentioned wishing wells, and that's just a, a, another obvious example. People just desperate to unload these coins, right? <laughs> no one believes that wishes are gonna come true when they, unless you're wishing to poison fish with zinc poisoning. <laughs> Why are you dumping coins where fish are, first of all? I, I'm not. Okay. Um, <laughs> A genuinely good point though, David, I think, is that coins are better for people with visual impairments. They're easier to distinguish by touch. With bills, I mean, if you're handling bills, you kind of don't know if it's a bill, if it's monopoly money, if it's like a small subpoena. It could be anything, it could be anything. 
Okay. First of all, you said you wouldn't mention the small subpoenas. <laughs> That's my bad. You shouldn't have showed me the small subpoenas. <laughs> Indeed. Uh. <laughs> but yeah, no, I guess I get. But the thing is, the coins—if you're feeling them by touch—they don't make any sense because they're all. Why is five cents bigger than ten cents? And why is ten cents the exact size of a Toronto subway token? I don't. <laughs> I don't know. We could decide this right now. Should we just flip a coin? <laughs> oh, that's the fair oh. enough around, everybody. Oh. Deanne with a late knockout. It's time now for the firing line. In my hand, I have a list of questions on coins versus bills brought to you by the American Healthcare System. The American Healthcare System. If you want a clean bill of health, it will cost you a pretty penny. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was better than you guys gave it credit for, but that's okay. <laughs> MoneySmartGuides.com says the top three places to find spare change are in couch cushions, in the pockets of old clothes, and where else? David Pride. Behind your ear. <laughs> oh, that brings me back. Three points. Deanne Smith. Apparently riding in David's pants. <laughs> If you've just tuned in, <laughs> we're debating coins versus bills. Don't forget to mention the small subpoena if they've just, <laughs> if they've just tuned in. And the answer is under the bed. According to the Bank of Canada's Advisory Council, the shortlisted candidates to be featured on the next $5 bill are all universally known Canadian icons who have done what? David Pride. Rolled up the rim to win. <laughs> there it is. Three points. Three point answer, David. The shortlisted candidates to be featured on the next $5 bill all made a positive impact and changed Canada for the better. And we also would have accepted look good when their faces are blue. In 1987, when the Canadian government replaced the $1 bill with a coin, the original design was not a loon, but a voyageur and a guide in a canoe. Why was it changed? Deanne. Because canoey sounds silly. <laughs> the audience is giving you two and a half points for that. David Pride. Yeah, I, I hear it was changed because uh, the, the loon was, was aggressively pushed as a candidate by uh, foreign interference. <laughs> I thought this town would appreciate that one yep. a little more. Right? Yeah, I'm giving you a point. That was good. Those that got it really got it. Um, this, is the, this is one of the most fascinating real answers we've ever had. True, truly, 
the Canadian government replaced the $1 bill with a coin. The original design was changed because the master dies used to stamp the coins were lost in transit on their way from Ottawa to Winnipeg. <laughs> Somebody lost them and they're like, all right, well, you gotta do something else then. And that's the firing line, everybody. We are getting tantalizingly close to that time when the audience votes for the winner here at the beautiful Centerpoint Theatre in Ottawa. But first, here again to tell us why, for him, paper money gets top billing. Let's hear from the pride of Montreal, David Pride. Thank you. Bills are, uh, are like a promissory note. Isn't that nice? Like when, how often do you get a note promising better times ahead? You know, bills are saying, hey, I promise you can afford a Mars bar. <laughs> Coins can't make that promise. <laughs> Not in this economy, unless it's a dollar store Mars bar, but a dollar store Mars bar is called a meteor. Uh, yeah, because it's rock hard and can kill a dinosaur. <laughs> Even, uh, even modern coins are just garbage, right? What are the coins we hear about today? Bitcoin, Dogecoin. People can't unload this crap fast enough in the last couple of years. And also, uh, you notice that we name specific coins when we, want to, uh, when we want to conjure up sad things, right? Drawn and quartered, loony bin, <laughs> nickelback. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. A penny for your thoughts. If one of those thoughts is that coins are good, I think a penny is too much. But uh, here, go ahead, take it, and uh, keep the change. <laughs> Thank you. David Pride says, down with the coins. Now, here to tell us why, when they go shopping with coins, they're always weighed down with a full metal jacket. Let's hear again from Deanne Smith. are ancient. They're easy. The only place where coins complicate things is in the strip club. <laughs> That's the real reason you're pushing for this, isn't it? <laughs> so you can tuck money into G-strings. Mr. Chris Bills, they call him. <laughs> Down at the old strip club. Honestly, I respect it. I did comedy at a strip club once, and they were very accommodating. Right before I went on stage, the manager startled, and he said, oh, I gotta go adjust the lights. We're not used to focusing on faces. <laughs> Until we replace capitalism with a transformative vision for a sustainable future, coins are better than bills. They're water-resistant and fireproof. And we're gonna need that where we're headed. Uh, thank you. Deanne Smith with an interesting angle. Audience, it is up to you to decide who wins this weighty debate. By applause, who spare changed their minds about coins after they heard Deanne, Deanne Smith. All right. 
And who folded and bought what David was selling about Bill's David Pride? Good representation on both sides, but obviously it's the wheeling and dealing people of Ottawa that have gone with the higher currency. The winner is Bills and David Pride. Big hand for David Pride and Deanne Smith, everybody. You're listening to The Debaters on CBC Radio 1. Want to be a part of the debating action? For upcoming tour dates, visit cbc.ca slash the debaters. Do you have something you want to improve about yourself? Maybe it's something petty or embarrassing. That's where Personal Best comes in. Personal Best from CBC Podcast is a self-improvement show for people who don't like self-improvement. Vulture calls it a delightfully dorky romp through a world of hidden wants and quiet dreams. And Time Magazine says it's one of the funniest podcasts to hit our earbuds in years. Did they really say that? That is really nice of them. Find Personal Best on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Ottawa, I have just one question for you. Are you ready to meet your next pair of debaters? <laughs> this comic joined a 24-hour gym but canceled her membership after only one day. It's Toronto's Tracy Hamilton. Come on out, Tracy. Her first debate with us. Taking her place behind the podium to my left. And this comedian didn't understand revolving doors until someone walked him through it. It's Ottawa's own Kyle Brownrigg. Come on out, Kyle. There he is. Hometown hero, Kyle Brownrigg, taking his place at the podium to my right. Your topic is one that we're all anxious to start. Anxiety. Is it your friend? This is a topical but sensitive subject, and some of you may be feeling anxious right now. So let's take a deep, relaxing breath together as one. Here we go, ready? Deep breath in, hold it, and exhale. One more, deep breath in, a little more. One more step, and a little more time, one more. You got room, hold it! <laughs> hold it. And exhale. Whew. All right. Now you're all so lightheaded, everything will be twice as funny. <laughs> it's time now for a debate that we think and hope will be a breath of fresh air. So, whereas it makes us aware of risks, motivates us to take action, and helps us to be prepared for any scenario, be it resolved, anxiety, is your friend. Tracy, you are arguing for this, please. You have two minutes, starting now. Tracy Hamilton. I have anxiety, uh, and I totally have friends also. <laughs> and let me tell you, anxiety is the best friend you could ask for, all right? This guy's got every quality that we value in friendship. His whole thing is having your back. Who else is gonna remind you to double check that you turned off the stuff? <laughs> Who else is gonna help you dissect all of your text messages? <laughs> Who else is gonna help you figure out if everyone is secretly mad at you? 
And who else is gonna tell you if this is relatable or if this is too many rhetorical questions in a row? Huh? <laughs> Only a best friend would stay up with me until 3 a.m. <laughs> speculating about that time that I went in for a hug with Kyle and he gave me kind of a confused look as he hugged me back. Or reminiscing about the time that I was on a date and I asked the guy if he prefers animals with fur or without. <laughs> Anxiety is a friend that motivates you. That guy at the gym running full speed on the treadmill while typing work emails on his phone, listening to a Jordan Peterson podcast, that guy is fueled by anxiety. And, and possibly cocaine. And together, they're getting stuff done. Anxiety is the most reliable friend I have ever had. Everywhere I go, there he is, reminding me that I'm talking too much. Anytime you have to order at a Starbucks, Every meeting, every work presentation, he is there for you. My anxiety is even here to watch me perform this debate. And most importantly, anxiety would never talk behind your back. He says it all right to your face. Tracy Hamilton, everybody. Yeah. Thank you, Tracy. You're off to a good start. Now, here to tell us why he refuses to experience anxiety, so much so that even the gum he chews is carefree. <laughs> it's Ottawa's Kyle Brownrigg. Anxiety is my friend? Yeah, I've never had to use Pepto-Bismol because of my friend. <laughs> Anxiety is not your friend. A friend is somebody that you send messages to complaining about Kyler, the coworker that everybody hates. <laughs> Anxiety is when you accidentally send one of those messages to Kyler. <laughs> Anxiety will just make you feel guilt and fear of the consequences, but your friend, your friend will comfort you and just be like, honestly, Kyler needed to hear it, if not just for the fact that his name is stupid. <laughs> I feel like I'm an expert on this subject, you know? I have been diagnosed with general anxiety disorder, panic disorder, and obsessive compulsive disorder, not to brag. <laughs> and I am currently not on any medication. I'm free range. <laughs> and you know what makes my life unbearable at times? My anxiety. You know what doesn't make it unbearable? Xanax. Xanax is your friend. <laughs> a friend is someone that you drink wine with and watch reality TV shows with, right? Xanax can be that friend. <laughs> and for anybody in the audience being like, oh, okay, Kyle, alcohol mixes with medication. Uh, yeah, beautifully. <laughs> if anxiety is your friend, friend, then it's that really annoying one that doesn't leave you alone, you know? Like that cousin that you don't really like, but you have to tolerate them because they're part of your family, so they're part of you no matter what. And all they do is remind you of stupid things that you said whenever you were a teenager and show everybody pictures of ugly emo haircuts that you used to photograph and put on MySpace that I never took down that you don't need to Google. <laughs> 
Anxiety is not your friend. You invite your friends to parties. Anxiety just shows up uninvited, stresses you out, gives everybody worry lines and irritable bowel syndrome. <laughs> that's not a friend, that's just gross. Thank you. Kyle Bramrig says, anxiety is not your friend and neither is Kyler. Time now for the bare knuckle round. We're debating whether anxiety is your friend. So please, court us all with your wit and charm. <laughs> Look, I can't stress this enough. If you counsel your points to the audience, you'll be sure to break through. Let your verbal fight take flight, starting now. Just to be clear, uh, to clear things up, the reason why I gave you that really weird look whenever you went in for a hug is because you super confidently introduced me on stage as Carl. <laughs> look, we're all learning things today, Carl, Kyle, okay? <laughs> we're learning together. You said that you think that Xanax is your friend, but anxiety is not. Who do you think introduced you, Kyle? <laughs> I'm not sure what her name was, but she was working at the counter at La Farmacia in Mexico, so. <laughs> All right, that's a good place to call it. That's the bare knuckle round. It's time now for the firing line. In my hand, I have a list of questions on anxiety brought to you by the simple Australian cure for anxiousness. No worries, mate. <laughs> Here are the questions. Choosingtherapy.com says some benefits to anxiety may include an increase in empathy, higher motivation to succeed, and what else? Kyle? A natural laxative. <laughs> very, that's a very classy way to put that. Tracy? Uh, the ability to make someone mad at you just by repeatedly asking them if they're mad at you. All right, those who know, know. Uh, increase in empathy, higher motivation to succeed, and improved skills for avoiding problems. I have not found that to be true. <laughs> AnxietyCanada.com says the two most frequent barriers to treatment for anxiety disorders are money and what else? Tracy. Uh, the crushing weight of being alive. I mean, it's not right, but I don't want to upset you. My rope is very thin. <laughs> Kyle Brownrigg. Finding a friendly drug dealer. <laughs> I have a theme going on, can you tell? Yeah. Vanier, you know what's up. The two most frequent barriers to treatment for anxiety disorders are money and stigma. Stigma, which could be a drug in itself. <laughs> a CBC News article from August 2023 says anxiety in young people today is increasingly caused by what? Tracy? Uh, helping our parents use the computer. <laughs> Thank you.
really riled up one-third of this audience. <laughs> I basically wrote the same thing. I said, our parents' social media accounts. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you guys It's get... got to be the right answer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the actual answer is climate change. <laughs> I like your answer better. That's the firing line, everybody. We are debating whether anxiety can be your friend on The Debaters, and it's almost time for our scintillating Centerpoint Theater audience to pick a winner. But first, here again to tell us why he's proud to be a charter member of the Joy Luck Club, <laughs> let's welcome again Ottawa's Kyle Brownrigg. About two years ago, I actually decided that I was going to be completely sober. Uh, I was going to give up drugs and alcohol, uh, and I did. I went on that whole journey because my anxiety was unbearable. Um, if you ever go through a journey like that, I recommend going to therapy. I went to my therapist. He blamed everything on my parents. It was great. Um, <laughs> recommend. Um, so I did six months of bone-dry sobriety, and at the end of those six months, you know what I realized? I still had horrible anxiety. And I was like, oh, thank God. I thought I had to give up drugs and alcohol. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you guys, I almost lost my best friend. <laughs> anxiety is not your friend. Anxiety is something that happens when you spend an hour trying to pick out an emoji, you know? That's stupid. So my last statement that I'm going to say to you tonight, my closing words, is that you'll find me at the bar. I'll be holding my best friend. Thank you. Kyle Brownrigg. Now, here again to tell us why she's blessed to be stressed, which is our words, not hers, but it's, it's catchy. Let's hear again from Tracy Hamilton. Anxiety is absolutely your friend, all right? In my case, a family friend. My mom introduced us. <laughs> I'm not here to argue that anxiety isn't annoying, okay? We all have annoying friends. We all have a friend who's really nosy and won't stop talking, right? And I do consider you a friend, Kyle. <laughs> I really do. Anxiety isn't hanging around for no reason. He's here because he's useful, all right? Anxiety has literally been hardwired into us by evolution. Would you argue that opposable thumbs are not your friend? <laughs> anxiety is the thumb of the brain. <laughs> Who has two thumbs and was anxious that thumb bit was too weird? This gal. <laughs> What do you value in a friend? Honesty? Quality time together? A shared interest in conspiracy theories? <laughs> Anxiety has it all. So I want you to ask yourself one final question. Are, are you mad at me? <laughs> Thank you. Tracy Hamilton, ladies and gentlemen. With an endearing and, I think, very effective argument on behalf of anxiety, and uh, I don't know how good an actor you are, Tracy, because that does not seem made up. Well done. <laughs> Audience, 
It is up to you, Ottawa, to pick a winner by applause. How many of you developed an anxious attachment to everything that Tracy had to say? Tracy Hamilton. <laughs> Listen to that crowd, Canada. Wow. Okay. And how many of you are friendly with Kyle's argument about unfriending anxiety, Kyle Brownray? It's close, but I've got to give this one to Tracy Hamilton. Anxiety is your friend. Big hand for Tracy Hamilton and Kyle Brownrigg, everybody. Well, that's all for this week. I'm Steve Patterson saying if anxiety is your friend, please remember to talk to other friends, too. I'll argue with you again soon, Canada. Good night. The Debaters is created by Richard Side. This week's episode was produced by Nicole Callender, Chloe Edbrook, Dean Jenkinson, and Graham Clark. With continuity by Graham Clark, Diana Francis, and Gary Jones. Technical production by James Perella and Conrad Hajazi. Story editing by Gary Jones. With special thanks to Katie Ellen Humphreys and David Pride. Executive producer of CBC Radio Comedy is Lee Pitts. And thanks to everyone at the Meridian Theatres in Ottawa. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.